Hello, and welcome to this episode of Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. I'm D.P. Lyle, your host. Um, today, I, I want to talk about how do you get rid of a dead body. <laughs> uh, real criminals, real murderers, and of course, uh, fictional uh, murderers uh, need a place to get rid of the body. You know, it's often been said it's very hard to prosecute someone if you don't find a body. And indeed, it does make it more difficult, but it's not impossible. So over the years, uh, real criminals and fictional criminals have come up with all kinds of ways to dispose of a body. Hopefully so it will never be found, so that no trace of it will ever be found, no DNA or fingerprints or anything, that the body just basically disappears from the face of the earth. And if they're successful, uh, it helps. And people have tried all kinds of ways. But what started uh, this thought and uh, to talk about this subject was uh, a case uh, recently in the desert near Las Vegas um, where uh, Esmeralda Gonzalez, a 24-year-old, disappeared. Uh, to make a long story short, the two geniuses that decided to kill and, and dispose of her body uh, put it in a, in a box and filled it up with concrete and then uh, rented a truck and took it out in the desert and dumped it. Okay, what's wrong with this scenario? Don't let your bad guy do this in your fictional work because he won't look very bright. Uh, if you're going, you know, the mafia <laughs> made uh, concrete boots for years. Uh, and if you're going to encase a body in concrete, you want to take it out in deep water and drop it because then it will sink to the bottom and probably never, ever be seen again. But if you put it out in the desert, you basically preserve the body. Now, the California deserts out here, but you know, outside of the LA area and of course outside of the Las Vegas area, but the western deserts are notorious dumping grounds for bodies. And you know what? It's not a bad place because Mother Nature takes care of of bodies dumped out there. First of all, there's predators of all kinds. Survival in the desert depends upon being very flexible in in what you what you feast on. And so there's all kinds of, you know, coyotes and you name it out there, four-legged creatures, but there's also insects of all types. And, you know, they're hungry for food because food sources in the desert are not much. And if you dump a body out there, they find it pretty quickly. And so also these predators scatter the bones. They eat the bones. Uh, pretty soon it gets scattered far and wide. Uh, Mother Nature then with the heat and the wind and the rain and all the things that go on out in the high desert, um, help destroy pretty much everything else. So if you're lucky and you dump a body out there, it will never be found. But if you encase it in concrete, you've preserved it. And someone sooner or later is going to find that block of concrete and say, what the heck is this? Well, these these clowns not only did that, they left the dolly, the little hand truck, from the rental company of the truck out there by the body. They just left it behind. Well, you know, now you can trace the company, you can trace the rental, you can probably get fingerprints. So that's not a very effective way. A lot of people try uh, dumping bodies in, in the bodies of water, lakes and rivers and oceans and all kinds of stuff. Uh, a famous case here in uh, Newport Beach, uh, the Hawks, uh, they were um, uh, 
uh, abducted uh, basically off their boat um, by Skylar de Leon, a true mystery. And if there ever was one, he took uh, the couple uh, who he was going to jack their boat. He taped them together. He attached them to an anchor and he threw them out here in Newport Bay, uh, just off Orange County. They were never found again. Uh, oh, and he threw them overboard alive. Uh, and then he was very smirky and very um, proud of what he had done when he talked about it. Uh, so people like that exist. If you're going to tape up bodies and tie them to anchors and throw them in deep water, you're probably going to get away with it. But not always because things break loose. Ask Scott Peterson. Now, Scott had the brilliant idea of killing his wife, Lacey, on Christmas Eve. Uh, she, Lacey was eight and a half months pregnant. You probably know this case from up in, up in the Bay Area. Well, Scott was going to, his alibi was that he was going to be going fishing. So he basically bought a boat that no one knew about. He created anchors out of flower pots with uh, rebar, uh, killed Lacey, put her in the boat, took her down to San Francisco Bay, uh, got the boat out in the water and dumped her body overboard, weighted down with five weights. And Lacey disappeared beneath the surface as most bodies sink, whether they're weighted down or not. But then something happens. The decay process comes along. And in Casey's case, Lacey's case, it's uh, pretty gruesome, but the extremities in the head basically came loose and the torso floated and was washed ashore. Oh, and she was pregnant, so you get what's called a coffin birth because as the gases of decay build up inside the abdomen, it kind of forces the baby out of the, the mother's body after death, and it's called a coffin birth. And indeed, that happened with the young unborn Connor, so both bodies were found washed ashore, obviously in great disrepair, but they were found. And guess what? They were found only a few hundred yards, maybe a half a mile from where Scott said he was. So Mother Nature is not going to take care of bodies for you. There is a general rule that an exposed body uh, uh, versus a, a body in the water versus a buried body, it's about a one to two to four times. So an exposed body may take a week to decay Obviously, this depends on environment, but under normal circumstances, to be substantially decayed in water, it'll be about two weeks, and underground, about four weeks. Those are broad, general rules. So, water is not always your friend. So, people try taking bodies out in the forested areas and burying them. Well, if the police can search in the right locations, they can often find it. Dogs are very good. Cadaver dogs are very good at finding uh, the molecules of decay that are released even through soil, uh, unless the body's buried very, very deeply. And most killers don't have the time or the energy to do that because digging a deep grave takes a long time. Also, if you think about it, when the body's put into the ground, the ground is mounded up there in that area. And this is because, well, you've got the body in there and also you've disturbed the soil because you had to dig it out and then put it back in. So there's more air. So this creates a mound initially, but as time goes by, the body decays and collapses and the air escapes. And now the grave becomes a depression. So depending upon the time frame, when they're searching areas where there might be a body buried, 
you look for mounds or you look for depressions. Not only that, uh, corpses supply nutrients to the soil. I mean, they're basically fertilizer once this happens. And uh, so the foliage around there can look different than that, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet away. So you may have a little area in the forest where everything is kind of greened up and more shrubbery and more grasses and more whatever grows in that environment are there. And actually, this can often be seen from the air. And so they can do aerial surveillance with drones or helicopters or planes, and they can see an area maybe where there is a patch of very bright green growth. And that might be a place to look, to bring the dogs in. There's also artificial noses that look for this. I know Bill Bass and his group at the Body Farm was working on this, as have been others. It was uh, uh, used in the Casey Anthony case uh, to test the, 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 uh, the trunk of the car to look for molecules of decay. Um, so there's there are those. Uh if you're out on a rural road, one rule of thumb is look downhill because it's hard to carry a body uphill. So if a if a killer goes down a, a deserted road and wants to move a body 100 yards off the road and bury it or dump it or whatever, um, he's going to carry it downhill. So that's always a good rule of thumb. Other people have tried burning corpses. Uh, this is not the easiest thing in the world to do either. Uh, a crematorium, if you're going to cremate uh, a body, it's 15 to 1800 degrees for about two hours. And still some bone fragments and teeth survive that. Uh, they may not be usable DNA, but they could be usable teeth for a, uh, a dental comparison. So you don't have that available to you. you, don't, you most people don't have a crematorium available to them when they're trying to get rid of a body. So they pour some gasoline on it out somewhere in a rural area and set it on fire and drive away. That usually doesn't work once the gasoline burns off, the rest of the body's preserved. Or they try burning a car. That Cars can get pretty hot. You know, There's a lot of stuff in there that burns, not just the fuel, but there's a lot of plastics and rubbers and all this stuff that can produce pretty high temperatures and bodies can be completely destroyed in a, in a car fire, but they're usually not. People have used quick lime. They've tried to put lime on the body before they buried it. Well, this doesn't always work. And if you think about it, you know, not that quick lime won't, won't chew up a corpse pretty good, but it takes a long time and it takes a lot of the chemical. And as it chews away on the surface, the quicklime does its stuff. It's converted chemically, and now it doesn't work anymore. And there's lots of body left. So the killer has to revisit the body probably several times in order to make it go completely away. And even that probably won't do it. Um, also, if it um, if it rains after you've you know limed the body and buried it, and it rains, and it and it gets in contact with it, um, it produces. Um, quick lime, and this may actually help to preserve the body by killing the bacteria and protecting it from, uh, from certain of the elements. Uh, and so you may actually be doing yourself a disservice by trying to use quick lime. And so that brings us to acid. People have tried, Jeffrey Dahmer famously uh, tried to do this to, to destroy a body with acid. H.H. H. Holmes, uh, uh, the, the killer during the uh, 
Chicago World's Fair, uh, Dr. H. H. Holmes, one of the one of the most notorious serial killers ever. Uh, uh, it's uh, he used uh, acid in his basement. The acids that most people use are hydrochloric, sulfuric, and things like chlorosulfuric acid because they're very powerful. And they absolutely can can destroy a body. They destroy the bones, the teeth, everything. But the logistics of accomplishing that for your killer is not easy. Uh, first of all, is when you dump the acid in, uh, sometimes some of them are so strong that it really produces almost a flame. It hisses and spews and spurts. And if you inhale those fumes you can destroy your own lungs and your eyes and your throat and your mouth and skin and all this stuff because these are very powerful acids you do not want to breathe these things so you don't want to do this in a closed space it can eat the container you know if you go get a tin wash tub uh, and, and and put a body in there and dump it it's going to eat that container up too uh, if you try to do it indoors you're going to eat up the plumbing you're going to peel the wallpaper off. Uh, as in Dahmer's case, the next door neighbors smelled funny fumes. Well, not only that, they smelled, decay, smelled decaying bodies. But uh, the point is, is that if you use acid, sure, it's going to work, but it's not going to be easy to use because the container, the environment you're in, and, and you yourself are going to be damaged by the fumes that come off during this process. So it doesn't always work out so well to try to, to try to use an acid, but Lord knows it's been tried. Um, there was a, 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 a group of French students uh, not too long ago as a case, and there's links to it on the, on the show notes uh, for this show, uh, that uh, two students got together and killed a third one and tried to dissolve the body in acid. And, they did it in, in an apartment and they, they came back several times over the following days in order to look at the corpse and to, and to add more acid or whatever. And they used air fresheners to mask the smell, etc. but it didn't work. They got caught and, uh, as they usually do and as they should, um, there was also the case of David Vaines, that's V-I-E-N-S, and there's a link to this story too. Uh, this was in the L.A. area, <clears throat> and he decided to, uh, David decided to get rid of his wife, Dawn, and so what he did is he dismembered her and cooked her, and he slowly cooked her for about four days and boiled all the flesh off, And uh, but it didn't work out. He got caught too. Uh, boiling you can boil the flesh off but then what are you going to do with the bones what are you going to do with the flesh that you've cooked now uh put it down the disposal that's going to take a while the bones are going to not be easy to do so you've got to discard that stuff um so david baines don't follow his trail uh one of the most interesting ones was the case of uh, john joseph famalora now he lived here in Orange County, uh, and he, he was an house painter by, by profession. And, uh, he, he killed this unfortunate lady and froze her body in a freezer, uh, one of those household, uh, freezers. Uh, then, then he moved to Arizona. Well, he didn't want to leave the body behind. So he rented a truck 
and one of them that has electrical connections and all that and loaded the freezer and drove to Arizona and parked the truck in his uh, driveway and ran an extension cord from inside the house out to the Ryder rental truck and everything was fine. But after a long period of time, and if memory serves, it was a year or so, somebody got curious as to why is this truck sitting out here in this, in this, in this guy's driveway and it's a rental truck, you know, is it stolen? So they called the police and the police came to investigate and lo and behold, they found the freezer with the body. Uh, not easy. Uh, how do you explain that one, Mr. Famaloro? So, uh, he got, he got caught doing that. Um, so if you want to freeze a body, remember you're actually, you're actually, uh, preserving the body. You're preserving more evidence. I mean, if you think about it, what does the coroner do when he takes a body in? They put it in cold storage because they want to slow down the decomposition process. And so until they can get the autopsy done and all of that to preserve the tissues that they need as part of their examination. Um, they, um, if you preserve the body, you give them more to work with and freezing will do that and it will pre preserve it indefinitely. Um, and then don't put it in a truck and park it in your driveway, especially a rental truck that you've well basically stolen. So you can see that, 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 Killers try to do all kinds of things to, to get rid of bodies. By far, the most common is to take them to a rural area and dump them. You know, a swamp, a forested area, a desert, uh, or, or out in the water, an ocean, or a river, or a lake. Uh, and they hope that, you know, once the body is there, they're, they're, they're good to go. And nobody's going to find it. But sooner or later, somebody often will. Earlier, I talked about uh, burials. If you bury a body, and this is very common uh, to do, one clever guy, and there's a link to this story, he actually went to a cemetery right that the grave had been dug, and um, the funeral was the, the next day, and he goes there during the night and digs out a little bit more and puts the body down in the bottom of the open grave and covers it back over so that the next day when they come and have the funeral and bury the, the, the unfortunate soul that died and everybody stands around and says good things, they don't know that they're actually putting this body down on top of another body. Now that's actually very clever because who's going to look, you know, maybe in a hundred years or 500 years, but who's going to look, who's going to dig up a grave? And without any evidence, they're not going to. And there's going to be no signs because, it, well, it's already a grave site. Out in the rural areas where people do it, I talked about the, the change in the vegetation and the change in the level of the ground and how they can use the artificial nose or cadaver dogs to find these buried bodies. There's other things they can do also. There are magnetic devices. If you think about it, when you... When you add something to soil, everything's got a certain electrical conductivity. You know, obviously copper wire's very good, concrete's not so good. Uh, but every substance has an electrical conductivity. It may be virtually zero, it may be very high like copper, but uh, it has that. So does soil. And so if they can take a magnetic device and look for electromagnetic waves, the ground has a certain baseline level. If you alter the ground, even wet it can change it. If you 
bury something. If it's metal, of course, well, that goes without saying, but even a body. And so they can find changes in the electrical current or the electrical output of that area, and it might give them a clue as to where to look for the body. Uh, it's called a magnetometer. Uh, it can, can do that. Also, radar. Now, there's a thing called a side-scanning radar because it's like a lawnmower-like thing, and it sends uh, it sends uh, waves out. And so, a side-scanning radar will will find disturbances in the soil as well as solid objects like bodies. And so, side-scanning radar can often be used for finding um, uh, bodies that have been buried. Uh, and it works very, very well if you know where to look, and you have to know where to look. Also, thermal imaging can work, and this can be done uh, from drones or from airplanes or helicopters or whatever. And a body, as it decays, this is an active biological bacterial process. So there's a lot of life going on there. You know, there's a dead body, but the bacteria are alive and well and working very hard. They generate heat. And so this can often be seen. Now, obviously, once the body has completely decomposed and it's down to just skeletal remains, it's not, that's not going to be there anymore and things are going to cool down to the ambient temperature of the soil. But during the decay process, it produces heat, and often this will leave a heat signature um, if someone is using a, a, a scanning device capable of doing that. Um, most of the products of decay are the various nitrogens and, and, and other byproducts of the, of the um decay process and this is what dogs sense and this is what the artificial nose senses is they sense these molecules that are released when you smell something basically the molecules of the peanut butter leave the jar fly through the air and hit your nose and you recognize it as peanut butter but it's really molecules that are traveling through space and striking the receptors inside your nose same thing happens with a buried body the molecules of decay seep up through the surface and escape in the environment, and that's what the dog and the artificial nose can sense. So, in crime fiction all the time, characters are trying to get rid of bodies. Real criminals are in the same boat. They're trying their best to make sure that this corpse is not located. First of all, they can say, well, they ran away. How many times have you heard that story? They ran away. We don't know where they are. And, you know, if you can't prove they're dead, how can you prove that there was a homicide? Well, that's the difficult part. So finding a body is critical. The criminals know that, and getting rid of a body then becomes criminal for them. So there's burial. There's dumping in water. There's leaving out in the desert. There's putting in a freezer. There's using acid or quicklime. Or there are all kinds of methods that people have tried over the years. At the end of the day, most of them don't work. Unless the body is in a location that no one ever looks or no one ever stumbles on. Citizens do stumble on things. Um, some bodies are never found. Serial killers have used this for years. You know, Gary Ridgway dumped a bunch of bodies up along the Green River, and it was many years before even the bodies were found. Um, so uh, it works. But it doesn't work often. So your sleuth 
in your story needs to figure out which one of these methods the criminal in question used to get rid of a body. And then you will look at who is this person, what do they have access to, where do they live, uh, where does the GPS on their car and their cell phones say they have been. All of these things will lead uh, an astute investigator to the right areas to search. And if he went out on a boat in the harbor or out in the ocean, you might want to consider that. If he drove out in the desert and your GPS says that, you might want to consider that. If he goes off into a wooded area, well. So tracking the criminals helps narrow the search location. But it's amazing how often bodies are buried in the guy's backyard or a piece of property he owns nearby uh, or somewhere where he frequents because criminals like to go where they know. They know the place. They feel comfortable in that environment. So even when they dispose of bodies, they go to places that they know. And the police can use this to help investigate. So, so we talked about some methods of body disposal. I hope you can use them in your fiction. Uh, not in real life, please, please. But I hope you can use them in fiction. And I hope you can help make a more clever story and a more clever sleuth and a more clever bad guy so that the story works even better. Uh, a lot of this is covered in detail in both Forensics for Dummies and How Done It Forensics, my two books on forensic science. And if you go there and, and read those passages, you'll learn a lot more about finding bodies, about disposing of bodies, about what happens to them. Um, so go there and get that. There's links to those books on the show notes for this show. So that's how you get rid of a body or how you try to get rid of a body. Remember, it's mostly not successful. So this has been DP Lyle. So until next time and the next episode of Criminal Mischief, I'll see you later.